Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL Leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. Today, we have Ben Lawler. Before we get to this week's episode, I want to thank my four great sponsors. First, Enterprise Bank and Trust, NWO IT Services, Inbound Blend Digital Marketing, and Synchrony HR. And now for this week's episode, we welcome Ben Lawler to the show. Ben Lawler is the Regional Vice President for the Tom James Company, the world's largest manufacturer and retailer of custom clothing and the engine behind some of the world's most established tailored clothing brands. Ben is also the president of the St. Louis Suit Project, where his nonprofit gives backs to the community through suits and business clothing in areas of need. Ben Lawler is an inspiration with his positive attitude and his vision for success. He is also the host of the podcast Level 10 Mastery, where he speaks to individuals about what it takes to have the right mindset that leads to success. It is my honor to welcome Ben to the show. Ben Lawler, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, buddy. I appreciate you coming on. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I always start this show by just giving some feedback to the audience, kind of how we got connected. But we've known each other, geez, over over five years now, uh, met through some networking. And I've been fortunate enough to purchase some clothes from Tom James through you. You actually... Actually, for the audience, you dressed me for my wedding last year. Uh, got made me a nice, nice jacket with some photos of my wife and I inside the inner lining. It was pretty sweet, and uh, yeah, just always, always a pleasure to talk to you. Awesome. Well, Brian, I really appreciate your your business and your friendship. Absolutely. So let's dive in. So I always try to start at the beginning. Uh, so talk to us about growing up, where you grew up, what that was like for you, and what brought you to St. Louis. Absolutely. So. Uh, Brian, thanks again for uh, for having me on. It's great to uh, great to see you. Uh, so I grew up in a small town called Marion, Illinois, down to the southern tip of the state, and uh, grew up there with six boys. So I had five brothers, and uh, we were on a farm, right? So we had cattle, horses, chickens, pigs, and uh, corn and beans. So growing up, we really learned the value of uh, of hard work, and uh, Played a lot of sports growing up, specifically uh, soccer and wrestling. Um, after high school, I uh, went to St. Louis University, and that's what kind of brought me here. So I studied international business and Spanish, and I had the opportunity to live over in uh, Madrid, Spain for about nine months. And that was a good way to kind of pick up the language and uh, just be surrounded by it. Absolutely. So did you play any sports at St. Louis U? So actually, before SLU, I went to a college called Lincoln, and uh, I was able to play two sports there. So I wrestled and uh, played soccer. Okay. All right. Yeah, I know Lincoln. I'm Lincoln well. So 
So that's so SLU brought you to, to St. Louis and then you stuck around, right? Exactly right. So right out of uh, right out of school, um, started with a company called uh, Tom James. Yeah. So that's that brings us to the next point, which is tell us about Tom James. What do you do? Man, so Tom James is a company. We uh, let's see. We were founded in Nashville, Tennessee, 1966. We started there with four people. Today we have 109 offices across the globe. This year we'll do about 500 million in retail. Now the cool thing is, Brian, as you know, we're in all three aspects of the industry, right? So we're in retail, wholesale, manufacturing, and we have 10 factories here in the United States. So we're fortunate to keep some of those jobs here stateside. Now specifically what we do, it's convenience, right? So we call on our clients in their home or office. So we go in, take measurements, pick out cloth, and bring it right back to them. Yeah, so now you guys do suits, shirts, pants. I mean, you do it all, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say over the last nine months, we've been doing uh, sweatpants. Um, <laughs> but yeah, our goal is really to keep clients properly attired for any occasion, right? Whether it's business, casual, social, formal, you name the garment and we probably carry it. Now, did you guys, does Tom James start as mainly a uh, suit and business attire or has it always had a casual line? Yeah, so we started out early on just on the formal side. So just suits, sport coats, blazers. But I would say over the last 20 years, we've really gotten more into the casual side. So man, custom jeans, shoes, casual polo shirts. Again, just an awesome, awesome casual side yeah well i mean i think you know to your point it's the convenience factor of you know there's not you know as a man i there's nothing i hate more than going to the mall looking through a rack of jeans looking through a rack of uh, dress pants trying them on these are too short or these are too big in the waist or, or what I, I hate trying things on and so with your with your organization you come right to the house you come right to the business you do your measurements you pick out the cloth and and then Bam, four weeks later, you got the clothes that fit you perfectly right there. Exactly. I would say 80% of our clients say the same thing. They don't like to shop or they don't have time to shop. And man, over the last nine months, a lot of people just haven't been able to go to the store, right? Because maybe their favorite retailer has filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Right, right. Well, let's talk about COVID. I, I, how has COVID impacted you guys? How are you... How are you still able to uh, work with your clients? You know, are you doing measurements uh, via Zoom meeting, or, or how are you how are you handling how are you handling all that? Yeah, so going back to March, to be honest, the first two weeks, I kind of downplayed it. I thought, hey, this is no big deal. Um, two weeks shutdown, I could stay at home. But after that, after those two weeks, you know, starting maybe early April, I said, man, we got to shift, we got to pivot, we've got to adjust. Right. So I went from seeing four or five people face to face to seeing eight, nine, ten people virtually. Right. So Zoom, FaceTime, WebEx. And we've actually seen some really good growth in our in our business. Now, also back in April, May, June of last year, as a company, we pivoted to to making masks for a lot of our frontline workers. So doctors, nurses, and we made millions of, of masks here in the U.S. Now, is all, your, is all your manufacturing done here in the U.S., or you do, is it all over the globe? So we're across the globe. I would say the majority is, uh, is right here in the United States. There are 10 factories in the U.S. 
We also have one down in Santiago, Chile. Gotcha. Now, is it is the company still headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee, or where where is it headquartered? Yeah, actually, right outside of uh, Nashville, an area called Franklin, Tennessee. So that's our home office, and uh, yeah, we've had some really good really good growth over the years. The other cool thing, Brian, as a company, it's privately held, right? So it's employee owned, and a lot of our partners, and they have that ownership mentality because they have a vested interest in how well the company is doing. Yeah. Pretty neat. So let's walk through your career path. I know you've been there almost 18 years now, right? So a little over 17 years. Talk to me about how you got started, Tom James, and now you're regional vice president for Tom James. Talk to me about over the last 17 years, kind of what that career path looked like and how, you know, you know, leadership from a leadership perspective, I, I know you you oversee a variety of employees. Talk to me about kind of that path and the leadership path that you've been on. Absolutely. So starting out, uh, gosh, 2003, right out of uh, right out of school, it was a direct sales role, right? So calling on individuals, calling on men and women in their home and office. I would say after the first year and a half, two years, I started getting into a, a leadership role, leadership capacity, where I started hiring, training. Uh, developing, coaching. Um, so fast forward to today, regional vice president, Brian, all that really means is uh, is coach player, right? So I'm still meeting with, with clients one-on-one, -on -one, but also hiring across the U.S., but training and developing locally here in the St. Louis market. Yeah. So well, let me ask you about speaking of hiring. Talk to me a little bit about your hiring process. How you go? How do you go about hiring? How do you make sure that the people you're hiring uh, are a good fit for the culture of Tom James? You know, what does that look like? How do you How do you determine that? Yeah. So that is uh, that's the million dollar question, right? I mean, they say your biggest asset um, a lot of times is is your people. Um, so we we recruit and we interview at all walks of life. It could be somebody coming right out of school, or it could be somebody that uh, has worked for a couple years. So that interview process, what I typically do, Brian, um, pre and post COVID is I'll just bring somebody out in the field, right? I'll bring them out on four or five, six appointments and kind of walk them through the process, you know, kind of how we do, what we do. And then at the end of the day, we'll sit down. And if it's a match, we'll take it to the next level. And if not, we'll just kind of shake hands and be friends. Yeah. So what I hear in that in that statement is you really you really get them out in the field so you can get a view of how they interact with your clients, how they're you know, how social are they? How respectful are they? How are they able to engage with that person and build a relationship? Because I got to imagine in your business, a lot of your clients are repeat customers. Is that what a bad, accurate statement? Yeah, we're running at about 85 percent. Yeah, so, so, so after that first round, Brian, if I can get those measurements right on and a style that they like and a convenience that they enjoy, they're typically going to come back and do it over and over. Yeah. So, you, you know, so to the hiring piece, you're, you know, you're, you're out there letting, seeing exactly how they're going to interact with those people. Um, and that, you know, I got it to, your, to my earlier point about the relationship piece of it. That really drives a lot of uh, the sale. And so if they're not able to build a re solid relationship quickly, that that tells you pretty quickly right off the bat kind of what kind of fit they're going to be for the organization. But I got to also imagine, you know, Tom James has a pretty good culture from what I know. And so I got to imagine you got to also see how they're going to interact with the other people in the office. And so 
I, I talk about culture all the time. I talk about leadership all the time on this podcast. And I got to imagine when you're going through that hiring process, those are two big points you're looking for as well. Man, it really is. Yeah, because whenever we bring on somebody to our team, we're we're bringing someone into the family, right? So I want to make sure that that person meshes well. I want to make sure that that person communicates well. Now, the other reason I'll, I'll bring them out in the field, Brian, is uh, I want to get to know them. You know, I can sit across the table from somebody and they can read their resume to me or I could really get to know them. I could really spend a day with them, you know, take them out to lunch, take them on appointments and really, really dig in, really peel back the uh, the onion a little bit. Yeah. But so yeah, I, yeah, to your point, I, culture is just it's so key and cash in our office and and our company. Yeah, so I think it's just a valid point that I kind of want to reiterate. But you know, I know hiring. You know, this year, last year, you know, some you know, obviously it's been a challenging for a lot of people. Um, and you know, when I hire for salespeople, when I worked for previous organizations, we did the ride along as well. Um, what we did was, if I'm hiring a salesperson, I would put that salesperson in the car with another salesperson, so they're not riding along with me, the sales manager. The reason we did it that way was because obviously people can get nervous if they're riding with their potential boss. And so we would put the we'd put that uh, interview or that candidate in a car with uh, another salesperson so that they could they could view them and see how things were going a little bit more, a little bit less intimidating. And then that person would, you know, obviously give feedback to the sales manager to determine kind of, you know, whether they're going to be a good fit for the culture of the organization or a good, you know, a good candidate for the job itself. And so uh, I think that's a very valid point, a very good point to be passed on to the to the audience listening to this when it comes to hiring for the right people in the right position for the organization. Absolutely. It's uh, I would say it's a process. It's not an event. Absolutely. So let's dive into your podcast. I know you got a podcast out there. Uh, talk to me about your vision behind it. What made you decide to get into the podcasting as well? Yes. Yeah, so starting out with the podcast, I locally I, I work with and I've gotten to know a lot of CEOs, pro athletes, high level business professionals. And I hear a lot of stories on a regular basis. And, you know, candidly, I just thought it was selfish to keep some of those stories to myself. So <laughs> I thought, man, what if I could capture some of these stories and share them with the uh, with the audience? So specifically, Level 10 Mastery, and we've got, um, I guess, about 50 episodes out there. I'll talk to entrepreneurs, pro athletes, um, about how they do, what they do at the highest level. You know, it's kind of... Uh, Tony Robbins meets Tim Ferriss, you know, a little motivation, but also talking about some tools, tactics and routines. Yeah. Well, I, and I think one thing that makes uh, you such a dynamic and interesting person, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but it's, every time I talk to you, it's your your attitude. You're always positive. I, I've never once asked you how you're doing and got any kind of rumblings of negativity. And so in your podcast that I've listened to, uh, that motivation piece that you mentioned comes through that, right? And so where do you find the positivity every single day? Like this morning, we get on this call uh, and first words out of your mouth is life is good. Life is great. God is great. Where, where does that positivity come from? Yeah, I would say uh, I, I appreciate the compliment. Um, I would say it probably comes from my parents. You know, both my parents are just very positive and from an early age, they just would reiterate the fact that yeah, there's a couple of things in life that we have control over. And one of those is our attitude. You know, so if we could choose to have a positive attitude and focus on gratitude, man, 
the rest is the rest is cake. The rest is easy. Now, man, over the last nine months, 10 months for a lot of people, it's been challenging. But I've also seen a lot of people that have done extremely well. I've talked to a lot of people recently. And they said, Ben, we had a record year in 2020. Business is better than it's ever been. Now, I would say the majority of those people, Brian, have a very positive attitude. So I think whenever you focus on that and you really put effort into that, good things happen. Yeah, no, I think uh, I, I've said this in, this in previous episodes on this podcast, but uh, I was always told, you know, 90% of the day is your attitude. The other 10% is your attitude. And I, I think that's a kind of can be kind of a weird statement that make you take a step back. But the, the meaning behind it is your attitude controls the outcome of the day. Uh, you can, you're going to negative things are going to happen throughout the day. You're going to get hit, thrown curveballs, but it's how you react to those. It's how you how your attitude is. that's going to determine what whether you had a good day or a bad day. And so um, I think I think your point there is, is a very valid point. Absolutely. There's, you know, another thing comes to mind there, Brian, and that's, uh, you know, having a solution focus. This is this is something I learned from a guy named Dr. Jason Selk. And uh, he talks about having a relentless solution focus. Like we all encounter problems. We all encounter issues in life. But what sets some people apart is their ability to handle those problems. Yeah. Just it doesn't have to be a perfect solution, but having a solution and moving forward and having a positive mindset, um, again, makes all the difference. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's easy to say have a positive mindset. It's easy for me to sit here and say your, your attitude determines your outcome of your day. I know, especially to your point, the last 10 months have been challenging for a lot of people in so many ways. And it's not always easy to keep a positive attitude. But I think it starts with, you know, little habits. It starts with little things to try to change your outlook, change your attitude, uh, and you can't just do it overnight, right? It's got to, it's got to slowly, slowly uh, come. But I think, you know, just waking up every morning, telling yourself it's going to be a great day and reminding yourself every day, every hour, every, you know, every two hours, this is going to be a great day. We're going to have a great day and not start the day off with any kind of, you know, grumblings or negative attitude really can project what that day will be for you. Exactly right. You know, and another thing there, Brian, is, you know, taking the focus off yourself. You know, a lot of times if a person's negative, they're very self-focused, right? But whenever you take the focus off yourself and you put it on your family, you put it on your coworkers, you put it on your clients, and that's where the that's where the magic happens. And it's I think Wonderful. it comes back to be uh, to be servant-minded. Absolutely. You know, it's really the law of reciprocity, right? What you put into the lives of others eventually comes back into your own. Absolutely. What a what a great point. Uh, being a servant leader and and not being, you know, so self-serving. I think that's a, such a such a great point. So and now for a quick break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank and Trust member FDIC. Enterprise Bank and Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders podcast, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit EnterpriseBank.com. And now, back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. Let me let me dive into your nonprofit that you have here in St. Louis, Suit Project. Talk to me about how you and the nonprofit are helping dress people in St. Louis that uh, maybe are in underprivileged areas or don't have the capability to afford, you know, Tom James clothing. 
Absolutely. So uh, our nonprofit is the, uh, it's called the St. Louis Soup Project, right? And what we do is we take older garments, you know, things that you're not wearing anymore, your older suits, sport coat, blazer, trousers, shirts, and we give those to underprivileged men and women here at St. Louis. Um, now, this could be somebody coming out of the, uh, the federal penitentiary, or this could be somebody coming back from the military, getting back into civilian life. So last year, we donated about 3,000 gently used garments. This year, we'll donate about 3,500. Wow. Now, for us, it's a natural match, right? As, as I'm meeting with somebody, uh, I would say most of my clients have at least one, two, three garments in their closet that they're just not wearing anymore, right? So if I can take those out of your closet, if I can give you a tax write-off as a 501c3, and I can get those on the back of somebody who really deserves them, man, that's a, that's a win-win. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, what a what a cool organization. Um, you know, you, you've seen these videos on YouTube or TikTok or wherever where you know there's there's people trying to apply for a job or walk into a job and you know somebody helps them tie their tie or gives them a jacket or whatever to make them look presentable. I think what a what a great way to give back to the St. Louis community because to your point, it's a natural fit. You're you're out selling you know new suits and and trousers and jackets all day long. And and to your point, I guarantee you there's at least two to three blazers sitting in my closet right now that either I've outgrown or I just don't, they just don't go with my style anymore or whatever. And instead of taking them to a, a Goodwill or something like that, give them to, to you a nonprofit that you can, that you know gets directly in the hands of, you know, people who really truly need those, those outfits and those garments. Absolutely right. You know, speaking of media, we did have a spot recently, Brian, it was, um, it was in between, political turmoil and natural disaster. Here's a story. <laughs> Here's a story about a local nonprofit that gives back. And I just, I think in this world, especially this day and age, we need more good news out there. And man, because of that piece on uh, KMOV channel four, we had, um, we had a lot of people reach out. You know, a lot of people said, Hey, Ben, we have clothing to donate. We have things that we don't wear anymore. But Brian, candidly, some people said, Ben, we need clothing. You know, here's some clothing that we're donating, but it sounds like you're in the business. Yeah. That, that was not my expectation. That was not my plan. But again, it goes back to the, the law of reciprocity. By, by giving to others, by serving others in the right way, eventually that, uh, that comes back into your world. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you find the people uh to to give these uh gently used garments too do you have clothing drives do you take them to shelters w what's the plan there and so a couple things that we um that we do for the st louis suit project one would be a group uh like mission st louis you know so they're helping men and women as they're getting back into the into the workforce um, another one would be child center mary growth right so they help severely abused and neglected children until age 18. At that point, they're timed out of the system. So we'll give a bunch of, of garments to that organization. Another would be focus, right? So these are Marines coming back. They may or may not suffer from PTSD, and they're getting back into the civilian realm. At any given time, Brian, we have about 10 different organizations that we'll donate to. Uh, now, we'll also do the one-off, right? Maybe there's just a deserving individual that, and they really need some help. 
Um, so as a board, we operate purposeful and profitless. So I don't pay the board members anything. They're men and women in the St. Louis area who really just want to give back. They want to help. Now for the recipient, our only requirement, Brian, is that they perform one random act of kindness to receive that garment. So we hear some really amazing stories. And again, it's just that in a very small way, it's our way of giving back to the St. Louis community. No, I think it's I think it's awesome. I wanted to highlight it here in this episode today. I think it's a I think it's a great nonprofit. I think it's a great vision from you. I think it's uh, really neat. And anything we can do as you know citizens of the St. Louis community to give back to our community, I think is is very powerful. And so uh, hats off to you for for running that organization. Well, thank you, brother. We really uh, we appreciate your support. Absolutely. So tell me this. Got I got a few more questions to wrap up this show today. What what has St. Louis meant to you and your family? Yeah, St. Louis has been uh, it's been good to my family, to my wife Becky and I. We have uh, two young children. You know, going back to college, St. Louis University. I made some amazing relationships, and I really got to to experience the uh, the city. Um, you know, I love St. Louis because it's got a it's got a small town feel, yeah. but it's got a big city atmosphere. You know, I love the uh, Gosh, I love the schools in St. Louis. You know, I love uh, the sports, you know, whether it's the the Cardinals or the Blues. And as a big soccer fan, I'm really excited about this MLS team coming to yeah. St. Louis. Um, but I just, I would say St. Louis is very, um, very near and dear to my heart. You know, I've been here for, gosh, 20 years now. And, and my wife and I plan on on staying here for the long haul. Yeah, well, the reason I ask that question is I feel like sometimes in the media or in the newspaper or wherever you want to call it, sometimes St. Louis gets a bad bad light, right? And I think one of the reasons I started this show was, to your point, St. Louis is near and dear to my heart. I grew up in Edwardsville, Illinois. I moved to St. Louis a couple of years ago, but always really have worked in St. Louis. My entire career has really worked here in St. Louis. And uh, to your point, I love the small town, but big town atmosphere, right? You have everything you need from a big city atmosphere, but but it's a very close knit community. A lot of people know a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of you know networking here in town. That's really how you and I met. Um, and they're just overall good people. And I, I love this city. Uh, and I always like to ask my guests kind of you know what their view is on St. Louis. And almost every person who comes on this show says the same thing, where they you know St. Louis is near and dear to them, and and it's been good to them. It's been good to my wife and my family. And and so I think, you know, as citizens of this community, we need to continue to try to give back like you're doing with your suit project. Uh, and we need to get involved. You know, a couple episodes ago, we had Greg Holder, the pastor of the crossing on. And, and he said, if you want to see change, get involved in your city. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean run for politics or anything like that. But there's multiple ways to give back, whether that's becoming a board of a nonprofit, whether that's volunteering for a nonprofit, whether that's, uh, you know, there's a variety of ways you can help drive change in the St. Louis community, because to your point, it's a great city and we all need to rally around it. Amen, brother. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. So Ben, you know, you've had a great career with Tom James. Uh, you, you know, I know you have other business ventures that we won't get into today, but have there been any, any books, any podcasts, mentors that have kind of coached you or, or guided you along your career path? Man, there definitely have, you know, starting with, with uh, books, you know, some of the classics, uh, how to win friends and influence people um, that uh, early on in my career that uh, I read that one, gosh, probably 10 times. 
the 12 week year. I really love that one, you know, maximizing time and just becoming efficient. Um, the compound effect, right? Just making small, smart, consistent decisions over the course of time to achieve amazing results. Um, the Miracle Morning by, uh, yeah, Hal Elrod. You know, I love that acronym, SAVERS, right? Yeah. Silent, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. Um, and then most recently, uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. You know, that's just a, it's an amazing book about resilience and uh, mindset. Um, so those are just a couple that, that come to mind on, uh, on the books. As far as, as people, we had a lot of, lot of people and a lot of amazing influences over the years. You know, starting off, definitely my, my parents, my mom and dad, just teaching some, some really strong values and principles growing up. Um, I would say my five best friends are my, my five brothers. You know, I talk to those guys on a regular basis, and we've had some cool business ventures over the years that have taken off. Um, coaches, you know, whether it's, man, that grade school soccer coach or college wrestling coach, but, man, some amazing mentors there. Um, within Tom James, I mean, uh, gosh, Steve Nucci and Todd Brown have really made a, an influence on my on my path and my journey in, in life, not just in business, but uh, as a husband, as a father, as a man of faith. Yeah. Uh, Tony Robbins, I, you know, I had a chance to attend a Tony Robbins seminar two years ago, and that uh, for me that was a game changer. Man, I just I, I took pages and pages of notes, and I've really uh, learned to apply those over the over the last couple of years. Um, but Brian also, I would say, my wife, Becky, I mean, she's, uh, she's my best friend and we actually met in Catholic grade school growing up. So we've known each other for a number of years. And, uh, again, she makes me a better husband, a better father. And, uh, th those are just a few that come to mind. Well, I, the reason I asked that question, I think, you know, for people who are listening to this podcast, you you already have some kind of insight. You you this is this podcast is all about leaders and, and people who are leading in our community in a variety of different ways. And so, if you hear what Ben's saying there, and what I've said in the last you know 30 plus episodes of this show is, you gotta you, if you want to see change in your life in our community, you have to put forth the work, put forth the effort. Whether that's reading books, whether that's finding a mentor to help guide you, whatever that is, going to a seminar. Um, the, all those things help drive either attitude change, mindset change, leadership change inside of you, whatever it is. And so, you know, you mentioned the Miracle Morning. Um, a good friend of mine suggested I read that book. I read that book. Um, what a fantastic book it, it is about just, you know, getting up every morning and getting in a routine. And there's you know certain things you need to do every morning. And it helps develop your mindset and your attitude for the day. And uh, great book. Uh, and some, some of those, those you mentioned are great books as well, but you know, just to kind of echo what you said, um, yeah, you surround yourself with great people, um, and, and continue to, you know, challenge yourself, uh, from a mindset, attitude, leadership, uh, position. Amen. So important. They say you're a combination of them, the people you surround yourself with and the books that you read, man. Yep. That's right. Well, Ben, I end this podcast always asking my guests the same question, and that is if you could give one piece of advice uh, to the audience listening today, what piece of advice would you give them? You know, Brian, I would say 
you know, something really comes to mind. We touched on it a little bit, but but in life and in business and, and in faith, it's really just being um, service minded. Um, and I heard somebody say recently that you have to give until it hurts. Um, and that, in my opinion, that means you have to you have to pour into people and you don't get it right all the time. In fact, you're going to mess up. You're going to fail along the way. But as that happens, if you're if you're just one percent in the wrong, man, you have to take 100 percent responsibility and really just, you know, communicate with people. You have to develop trust with um, with coworkers, with clients, with with family members. But I think the most important thing is just, you know, realizing that each day is a gift, you know, and, and you can't squander it. So on a daily basis, it's just being fully engaged and uh, enjoying the process. Absolutely. Great advice. Give until it hurts. Ben Lawler, on behalf of the STL Leaders Podcast, I appreciate you taking the time to be on here today, sharing your insights, uh, your positivity, attitude, um, and all you're doing with the Soup Project here in St. Louis and giving back to our community. Absolutely, Brian. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Synchrony HR. Stay tuned for next week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast.